Blog Talk Radio. Praise the Lord, each and every one who is joining in with us this evening. I bless God and I thank God for him allowing me to be here tonight. I know that normally when you tune in on every other Tuesday, I'm sorry, every other Thursday, bless God, you normally hear Reverend Arthur Burgess III in his ministry, The Healing Hour. But tonight he was not able to be with us. And so I'm stepping in to stand in the gap. Amen. Um, I'm going to tell you about who I am in a second, but what's more important is I want to tell you about what we're talking about this evening. When you look around everything that's going on, there is so much disrespect going on around this world, like worldwide, however, especially in our country. So, in praying about that, the Lord took me to 1 Peter 2 and 17. So write that down. We're going to read it in a minute. And we're going to talk about respect tonight. Amen? We are going to talk about respect and find out what it means to God. That is our topic. And in talking about respect, you know, it reminded me when I was a young girl, we used to have a word for disrespect. It was a slang word, and it was to diss somebody. And to diss somebody meant basically you were disrespecting them. It means to disparage or show disrespect. And um, as I started off with, when you look at what's going on around the world, not just here in the United States of America, although it's a little bit more prevalent here than in a lot of places, in my personal opinion, all you see is that with disrespect or dissing, as we used to call it, is at an all-time high. Disrespect is shown by words and sometimes by silence. It's shown by the tone of voice, facial expression, gestures, and actions. Obviously, there are many ways to disrespect someone. Disrespect is shown by what people do, like insulting others, and by what they fail to do, including failing to being polite, failing to show courteousness, failing to show thoughtfulness. Today's world is seriously deficient in respect for noble values, for people in general, no matter who they are, what office title they hold, and more importantly, we have a serious deficiency in respect for God. Disrespect is now what I would call an epidemic. Everybody talking about the pandemic, let's talk about another. And you know what? I'm going to even say a pandemic because, like I said, it's worldwide. I live with it here in America. It, disrespect is a pandemic that is rarely discussed or addressed. And like I said, I call disrespect a pandemic partly because it's seen worldwide and it's highly contagious. And more and more people seem to be uh, contacting it and becoming infected by it every day. Especially when that's all you're hearing, that's all you're reading, and that's all you're seeing all around you. It's difficult not to pick it up. Much of popular entertainment. TV, movies, the Internet, you name it, is filled with rudeness, irreverence, and profanity. Now, all, don't get me wrong, wholesome humor can be a wonderful thing, but much of the world's humor is crass, sacrilegious, and designed to shock you. It's an effort to get laughed by belittling, putting down, throwing insults, and ridicule. And since the United States Election Day is not far off, don't forget to vote, y'all, coming up November. The Election Day is not far off. If you look at the, 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 uh, 
the what what is the word the the advertisements and the posters and even the debate the town hall you would see that political dissing and mudslinging has not only begun but in my opinion has taken on a new level of ratchetness and what is worse is that just like the coronavirus can cause complications in other areas so also does this respect. Look at what's going on around us now. Verbal abuse and disrespect of abuse. In fact, disrespect is a precursor to hate. And that is why God has us discussing it this evening. We're talking about disrespect. And it was funny because the other day I was driving down the street and as I was driving down the street, the, uh, I was listening to 105.3, Steve Harvey, uh, the Steve Harvey Morning Show, and they played an old song, one of my favorite songs, but they played an old song by Aretha Franklin. And the name of the song was Respect. She wrote that song back in 1967. Now, the words for the first Verse are what you want, baby, I got it. What you need, do you know, I got it. All I'm asking is for a little respect when you come home. Then near the end of the song, she literally spells it out for you just in case someone is confused about what she's saying. She says R-E-S-P-E-C-T, find out what it means to me. And when I heard that part, the Lord just said, and there's your title. So this evening, we're going to take that last little verse from Aretha Franklin's song, Respect, for our topic tonight. But we're going to switch your words. Instead of finding out what respect means to us, tonight we are going to talk about R-E-S-P-E-C-T, find out what it means to God, because that's really the problem. We know what respect means to us, but I don't think as believers in Christ, especially as folks that don't believe, they do not know what risk means to God. So tonight on the 1,316th episode of Purpose Kingdom Network, we are talking about respect, find out what it means to God. I would like to welcome you to this special edition of Study for Life. Again, we are filling in this evening for the Healing Hour Ministries with their host, uh, Reverend Arthur Burgess III. I am Pastor Tori Daly. I will be your host for the next hour, and I would like to welcome you to join in with us this evening for our discussion. Now, I want to apologize if y'all hear any background noise. I'm actually speaking to you from the car this evening, but bless God, I was determined that a word from the Lord was going to go forth, especially on this topic, respect. So I would like y'all to call in. If, if you're able to, you can call us by phone at 319-527-6091 and join in on our discussion. Simply hit one if you would like to talk with us live on the air. Please send a text out to your friends and family and let them know it is time for us to, to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, as I said, we'll need your Bibles this evening, so please grab them, as you always hear Sister Dominique say, and grab something to write with and to write on. And let's dive into God's word. Now, our key scripture for the day, although we're going to be throughout the Bible, is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. <clears throat> 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. And I'm going to read it from a couple of translations just so that we can have a clear understanding. <clears throat> Excuse me, the devil is a liar. He will not have my voice tonight. Just so that we can have a clear understanding of what God is saying in his word. So again, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. First, I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. It says, respect everyone. 
and love family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. The English Standard Version says, honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. The King James Version says, honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God and honor the king. So again, tonight we are going to be talking about R-E-S-P-E-C-T, find out what it means to God. Let us start first with a quick word of prayer, and then we're going to dive completely into our Bible study for this evening. Let us pray. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Father. We glorify you. We praise you. We magnify your holy name for you and you alone are worthy of the glory, the honor, and the praise. Hallelujah, God. Father God, it is once more and again, we, your handmade servants, come humbly but boldly before the throne of glory. We come, Father God, to say thank you first and foremost. We thank you for getting us to this day, through this day. We thank you for getting us to this place where your word can go forward, where your word can be received into our hearts, into our souls, into our minds. Hallelujah, God. Father, we ask that you will look down this evening and toil the soil of your people's minds, that your word will fall on good ground, that it will take root in the name of Jesus, Father, that we will depart from tonight's lesson as good fruit bearing trees, hallelujah, God. For you know in your words you say that by our fruits they shall know us. So we ask, Lord, that you allow your word to take good root in us this evening. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. Then, Father, we ask that you will look down on your people wherever they may be, whatever they stand in need of. For you are our Jehovah Jireh, our provider, We ask, Lord, that you meet the needs of your people this evening. Someone is coming to you looking for healing. We ask that you release it in the name of Jesus. Someone is looking, coming to you looking for joy this evening, Father. We ask that you will release it in the name of Jesus. Someone is coming looking for comfort this evening, Father God. We ask that you release it this evening right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. For you, God, are all-knowing. You are omnipresent. You are omniscient. You are omniscient. Lord, we know that you are all-powerful, all-knowing, and everywhere. So we know, God, that whatever your people stand in need of, you are more than capable of meeting your needs, their needs this evening. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, the Lord, we ask that you will release a refreshing, anointing Holy Spirit Upon me this evening, let your spirit fall, but not just upon me. Yet, Lord, saturate these airways that your spirit, your presence can be filled in your people, on your people, around your people, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I surrender myself to your will this evening, that you will have your way as you see fit in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. I ask, Father, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be in your sight this evening, Father. I also ask, Lord, that you will hold the enemy at bay this evening long enough that someone can come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It is in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah, God. Now, as I said tonight, we are talking about respect. And when you think about it, we live in a very rude world. And unfortunately, people are becoming ruder by the minute. Common courtesy isn't so common anymore. It seems that respect for people is at an all-time low. Our favorite kind of humor today is sarcasm, put-down humor. I mean, just look at shows like Leno, Letterman, Stewart, Colbert, just to name a few. There are many, many more. But a lot of times, many of us tune in and listen to them just putting down different things, situations, and people in in our society. However, 
for believers in Jesus Christ, the Bible makes it very clear that respect is one of those values that is necessary for a godly life. Amen? Again, I'm going to say that one more time. God's word, the Bible makes it very clear that for believers in Jesus Christ, respect is one of those values that is necessary for a godly life. The Bible is very specific about this. We find that we are to respect our parents. Parents are to respect their children. People in authority, and I know some of you that's getting ready to hear me say this, and I'm probably going to refer to him a lot tonight, but we don't even have respect for people in authority, including number 45 himself, President Trump. We don't have respect for church leadership anymore, let alone for God. The scripture goes on to instruct us that wives are to respect and reverence their husbands, and husbands are to respect and reverence their wives. And if we think that someone doesn't fit the above categories, if we think that someone um, is not holy enough or respectable enough in the way that they carry themselves or if we feel like whatever it is that we might not like about them, the Lord tells us that we should respect and honor all men. Which brings us back to our scripture, 1 Peter 2 and 17. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. We all want respect. We want other people to treat us with dignity. So today we are going to begin to look at this missing characteristic. We will consider the why and how of showing respect. And we're going to start off with the why. So let's begin by looking at four reasons why we should respect everybody, regardless of their lifestyle. We should respect everybody, regardless of their decision. We should respect everybody, regardless of their opinion, regardless of their behaviors, regardless of their beliefs, regardless of their choices. We should respect everybody. One of the reasons starting with is because he tells us in 1 Peter 2 and 17 to honor all men. The Bible says every person should be treated with respect. Why? One is because God made everybody. Psalms 8, 4 and 5 says, What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, yet hast crowned him with the glory and honor. Everybody living is created by God. And what I need you all to know is that God doesn't make junk. I don't know who I'm talking to this evening. I don't know who out there listening is looking at somebody and they think they're not worth it. Or somebody might feel like people looks at you and feels like you're not worth it. So I'm going to say that again. Everybody is created by God, and God doesn't make junk. There are no worthless people. There are people who do worthless things, but there are no worthless people. There are people who do wrong things, but they were still created by God. And because they were created by God, they are still loved by God. Even the most unlovable person is loved. By God. Honor and respect doesn't mean that we embrace or endorse what they do or even what they believe, but we respect the individual as a creation of God. And we remember that God isn't finished with any of us, is he? Philippians 3, chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. The word of God says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended or to have obtained, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forth unto those things which are to come, I press towards the mark 
for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What Paul was saying in this letter to uh, saying in this letter to Philippi is he was basically saying to them, "We are all a work in progress. So let's not forget where we come from. Let's remember that we are all made of the same stuff. We are all flesh, and we are all blood. If you cut any piece of flesh, it's gonna bleed." And guess what? One day, every piece of flesh is going to turn back into the dust which God made us from. We have to remember. So why do we respect? Why should we show respect to everyone? Because we are all created by God. Another reason we should show respect for everyone is because Jesus died for everyone. First Peter Chapter 1, verses 18 and 19 says, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. We might not think much about somebody, but guess what? God does. We might not we might not like somebody, but God loves us. In fact, He loves us so much that He said that they, that I, that we, that you were all worth dying for. The cross shows how much people matter to God, how much people matter to Jesus. Jesus died for all. People who don't believe in him, guess what? He died for them. People who reject him, guess what? He died for them. People who choose to disobey him, guess what? He died for them. And people who have humbly and gratefully and uh, proudly received him into their lives, he died for us also. Romans 5 and 8 says, commanded his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So who are we to disrespect people because they may still be in sin? That's who Christ died for. It said that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus died for all of us. He died for the world. Hallelujah, God. John 3 and 17 says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He died for the world. So why should we show respect to others? Because Jesus died for everyone. The third reason that we should show respect to everyone is because it shows that we as believers in Jesus Christ know God says he, meaning God, he, I mean, I'm sorry, he meaning man, he that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. And despite what people are trying to make you believe tonight, if people are going around being disrespectful to other people because they don't agree with their opinion, they don't agree with their choices, they don't agree with the color of their skin, they don't agree with their decisions, you are not showing the love of God, and therefore you may not really know God. The Bible says that God is love. And if I know God, then I'm going to fill my life with that love. And love always treats people with respect. If you look at the life of Jesus Christ, he treated everyone that he came in contact with with respect. The woman at the well, the woman taken in adultery, Nicodemus, even Judas and Peter. Look at Mary Magdalene. He treated all of them with respect. And if I am really a believer in Jesus Christ, then I'm going to treat other people the way Jesus did. And if other people, you know, some people that uh in right now, they love to say how they love God and how they love Jesus, and they take every photo out they can holding something symbolic of having faith, even upside down, and they'll say that they love Jesus, but they don't treat people the way that Jesus did. 
Again, I'm not judging. I'm just using an example. So if you love Jesus Christ, you're going to treat people the way that Jesus did. What was that uh, that that slogan that they used to say back in the day? What would Jesus do? We need to keep saying that. What would Jesus do? If you really love Jesus Christ, you're going to treat people with value and with dignity, no matter who they are. 1 Corinthians 13 and 5 says, Love does not behave itself unseemly. It doesn't speak not her own. It's not easily provoked and thinks no evil. That verse basically is saying that love is not rude nor selfish. Because the truth of the matter is, when a person is being rude, they're basically saying, I'm the only one that matters. So I treat you with you rudely because I feel like I'm the only one that matters. That's not of God. The other reason, the fourth reason on why we should respect everyone, and for somebody out there, I want you to understand, again, we're talking about respect this evening. The fourth reason that we're going to list this evening on why we should respect everyone according to God's word is because of the law of the harvest. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Saying, what goes around, comes around. Whatever you give out, God's scripture has promised you that you're going to get it back. And nine times out of ten, you're going to get it back at a higher or more expensive cost to you than what you put out. So why should we show respect? Because of the law of harvest. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12 says, Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. So what he's saying is, whatever you do, if you want men to give you respect, you need to give respect. Now, we've taken that to a whole nother meaning. We always say, oh, you got to give it to get it. That's not what God's word is saying right here. Because he's going to talk to us about, like I said, in first, I mean, Second Peter, he said to us, respect all men. He didn't just all men. Understand, it never pays to be rude. Proverbs 11 and 17 says, the merciful man does good to his own soul, but he that is cruel troubles his own flesh. It never pays to be disrespectful. In a world that's full of rudeness and disrespect, how can we show respect to others in a practical way? How do we make sure that we are always showing respect? And before I go into that, I want to remind you all that we are broadcasting live at depth for Blog Talk Radio at www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. You can call in if you would like to join in on our conversation. The number to call in is 319-527-6091, and you can press 1 to join into our conversation. Again, tonight we are talking about respect and what it means to God. And what we've covered so far is that it is a very essential tool to living a godly life, is that you have to have respect, respect for all men. Again, respect for all men does not believe that you promote or endorse what they believe, what they do, what they say. However, respect means that you are respecting the fact that they are God's creation also, and therefore, because of the love of Christ and God that flows in you and through you, you show them respect. So now, we're going to talk about five practical ways 
for us as believers in Christ to remain respectful because we don't want to stay out of our mouths because God's word tells us that we will give account for every word we have uttered. We don't want us to say that we love the Lord and, and be in worship with him and following him, but our mouths keep us out of glory. So the first thing that we have to be mindful of in dealing with respect as believers in Jesus Christ, when we speak, we must be tactful, not just truthful. I'm going to say that again. For believers in Jesus Christ, when we speak, we must be tactful, not just truthful. Proverbs 15 and 4 says, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. But I'm sorry, but perversiveness therein is a breach in the spirit. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perversiveness, the primary way we show respect is with our words. Wholesome carries with it the idea of healing, of being curative. This verse reminds us that we need to give attention to how we speak. Paul admonishes us to speak the truth, but to speak the truth in love. The way we say something will go a long way in determining how well it's going to be received. Learning how to be truthful and tactful at the same time is an absolute essential of being respected. People with tact often have a lot less to have to apologize for. People with tact don't have to eat their words as often because they said something in an unkind way. Many people today don't understand this. A lot of people, if you speak to them about being tactful and being thoughtful and being wholesome in their conversation, they often confuse rudeness I need you to understand there's a difference between being frank with a person and being rude to a person. People will tell you things like, I just tell it like it is. Let the chips fall where they may. That's not being frank. That's being mean and disrespectful to other people. Tact, having tactfulness. Tact is the ability to make a point without making an enemy. Tactfulness is when you are able to tell somebody to go jump off of a cliff in a way that makes them look forward to not just the journey to the cliff, but the jump after it. Tactfulness is treating everybody as if they knew what they were talking about, even when they don't. Tactfulness is the art of telling someone He's open-minded when he really just got a big old wide hole in the head. Difference between what's being said being received or rejected. Amen? The second way that we can show respectfulness is remember when we're being served, like you're in the store, if you're in the restaurant, we need to be understanding and not demanding. So many times, and I hate to say it, yes, other believers in Christ, and sometimes myself when I'm being impatient, we go places, and if they're not moving at the speed and the frame and the time frame that we want them to do, we become demanding instead of understanding. So let's look at what God's word says about that. Look at the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 31. And God's word says, And as ye would that men should do to you, do you also to them likewise. Another re- another um, statement from Matthew. What you want, the way you want people to treat you is the way you should treat people. One of the greatest tests of our character is how we treat people when they serve us. Waitresses, waiters, clerks, employees, secretaries. Guess what, y'all? Even our family. When people are doing something for us, are we being understanding 
or are we being demanded? Are we being kind or are we being mean? Are we being appreciative or expecting or expectative? Expectative. That's how I'm, that's what I wrote down. Although I know I just made that word up. And expectative for me means that you just you expect them to do it because they're your family. Not that you appreciate what they're doing for you. Understand that it takes no intelligence at all to be rude. We've been watching proof of that here in the United States and all over the world for the past four years. You do not have to be real intelligent to be rude. But it does take great character and great maturity to be understanding and not demanding of people. The best place to practice this is at home. I literally know people who treat their families in ways that they would never consider treating a stranger. They say hurtful things to their families that they would never consider saying to someone they didn't know. There was a a poet, Dave House, who wrote a poem about this. And his poem says, I ran into a stranger as he passed by. Oh, excuse me, please, was my reply. He said, please excuse me, too. I wasn't watching for you. We were very polite, this stranger and I. We went on our way, and we said goodbye. But at home, but at home, a different story is told, how we treat our loved ones, young and old. Later that day, cooking the evening meal, my son stood beside me, very still. When I turned, I nearly knocked him down. Out of the way, I said with a frown. He walked away, his little heart broken. I didn't realize how harshly I'd spoken. While I lay awake in bed, God's still small voice came to me and said, While dealing with a stranger, common courtesy you use, but the family you love you seem to abuse. Go and look on the kitchen floor. You'll find some flowers there by the door. Those are the flowers your son brought for you. He picked them himself, pink, yellow, and blue. He stood very quietly, not to spoil the surprise. You never saw the tears that filled his little eyes. By this time, I felt very small, and now my tears began to fall. I quietly went and knelt by his bed. Wake up, little one. Wake up, I said. Are these the flowers you picked for me? He smiled. I found them out by the tree. I picked them because they're pretty, like you. I knew you'd like them, especially the blue. I said, son, I'm very sorry for the way I acted today. I shouldn't have yelled at you that way. He said, oh, mommy, that's okay. I love you anyway. I said, son, I love you too, and I do like the flowers, especially the blue. God says even in our families, we need to be understanding and not demanding. Think about it for a second. How many times have we turned around to our husbands, our wives, our sisters, our brothers, our mothers, our fathers, our cousins, our grandparents, aunts, uncles, and were rude? Not necessarily meaning to be. Spoke harshly or out of turn. How about even to a person that you call friend? Important that as believers in Christ, we remain respectful. The third way that we remain respectful as believers in Christ is when we have a disagreement, we be, that we are gentle and not judgmental. When we have a disagreement, we need to be gentle and not judgmental. 
Romans chapter 14, verse 12. We're going to go there real quick. Romans chapter 14, verse 12 says, So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. This verse reminds us that ultimately we will all give an account before the Lord for everything we've done, said, and for everything we've done. You're going to give account. I'm going to give account to God for myself. Everyone will. Because judgment belongs to God. Why should we strive to be respectful? Because judgment belongs to God, not to us as individuals. We should be uh, gentle and not judgmental when we have a disagreement. I can disagree with you on a number of issues without becoming disagreeable, judgmental, or rude. Remember, telling the truth is not being judgmental. But I can tell the truth and not be rude. I can disagree with your opinion and not be rude. I can allow you the opportunity to express what it is you're saying, even if I don't agree with what you said. However, as I said, if in my opinion, in my statement, in our discussion, in our disagreement, one of us is telling the truth about the situation, we don't have to be judgmental because one, that truth is based on the perspective of the person receiving it. Even in God's word, somebody just said, uh-uh, how are you going to say even in God's word? Give the same exact scripture to seven different people, and I promise you, you're going to come back with seven different interpretations, sermons, and teachings from that one scripture. Now, if the people are truly followers of Jesus Christ and lovers of God, they're going to get to the same location, but they're going to go their different route. I live about a 15-minute drive from my daughter. I tend to go one way. My other daughter goes another way. My sister gets here a different way. We all get into my daughter's house, but we all go different routes. It's the same thing with what we're talking about. Remember, if you are using the truth, you cannot use the truth to attack people, to beat people down. If you're taking the truth and using it to attack and beat down people, you're sinning and it's wrong. If I do it, I'm sinning and I'm wrong. Here's a prime example, one time that we all, I think all of us do it. The word of God tells us that we can be angry but sin not. And as soon as we see another believer in Christ that's upset about something, the first thing we start doing is throwing scriptures at them. And, it, and with all the good attention. And we're giving them truth, but we're doing it in a beat-down way. You shouldn't feel that way. Christ wouldn't feel that way. I'm striving to be like Christ. I'm not him. I'm striving for perfection. I'm not there yet. He said I could be angry. Jesus got angry. When he went into that temple and saw that they had turned his father's house of prayer and place of worship into a den of thieves, he tore that place apart. He got angry, but he didn't sin. So you're allowed to get angry. You're just not allowed to sin because you're angry. But here's another reason that we have to be careful that we don't use the truth to beat up on people. Ephesians 4 and 29 says, let no corrupt communication proceed. Proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. It didn't say minister judgment. It didn't say minister discipline. It said minister grace and unto the hearers. Paul reminded us that if we don't have love, then people won't hear the message of truth that we want to proclaim. Hmm. If we don't have love in our spirit, people won't hear the message of truth that we want to proclaim. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 says, Though I speak with the tongues of men 
end of angels and have not love, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. To have love. We can be right on an issue, but if we're rude in our discussion of it, our presentation of it, or our acceptance of it, then we're wrong. When we share our faith, this is number four, how to be respectful. This is one that gets me all the time. You have people who worship on the Sabbath, and they beat up on people who worship on the first day of the month of the week. You have people that worship on the first day of the week, and they beat up on people who worship on the Sabbath. You have people who are um, who are Catholic denomination, and they beat up on the Protestant denomination, and vice versa. And the Muslims is fighting with the Jews, and the Jews is fighting with the Christians, and all the way around. But another way that we can show respect is when we share our faith. We have to be respectful and not rejectful. Mm. I'm going to say amen on that myself. I know somebody don't like that, but this God's word, he said we have to be respectful and not rejectful. Peter chapter 3 verse 15 says, but sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with Meekness and fear. I'm sorry, because we quote that scripture a lot, part of it anyway. We always quote, we should be sanctified and, with the, and have the Lord God in our heart and be ready to always give an answer to every man that asks us. Yeah, but there's a part B to that verse, and it says we should be able to give it with a reason. Give them an answer for the reason of the hope that is within us with meekness. That means humbleness. That means respectfulness and fear. We cannot argue people into heaven. We won't see them come to Christ if our attack is turned or burned. You're going to die and fry while I go to the sky. That's not going to draw nobody to Christ. We can't draw anybody to Christ looking down our noses at them. We can't draw anybody to Christ being mean towards them. Y'all have heard me talk about the woman at the well a, a, a million times. And I always say, when Jesus met the woman at the well, he didn't go up to her knowing that she was what we would call today a prostitute, a whore, a hoe. He didn't go up to her at the well and say, hey, hoe, let me holler at you. He spoke to her with love and with respect. When we share our faith, we must do so with gentleness and respect. I have one more reason, or I'm sorry, not one more reason, but one more how that we need to use. And then we are going to go into the call of salvation. Amen. I have one more um, how that we are going to talk about. And then we are going to go into the call of salvation. Amen. And that is um, how we are supposed to act when people are rude to us. Now, I need you all to know there's something that I call a sandpaper experience. And the sandpaper experience, if anybody's ever done any type of carpentry or seen people do carpentry or seen artists that work with clay, when they build something, when they make something, at some point they take sandpaper. You know, sandpaper is rough and coarse on one side and it's smooth on the side that's on your hand. But they take that rough, coarse sandpaper and they begin to rub it all over whatever the object is that they created. And in them rubbing it all over the object, what it actually does is it smooths out your um, rough edges. It, it smooths out your rough edges. So when we get to how we should treat people who are being rude to us as believers in Christ, I call it a sandpaper experience. Understand why sandpaper? Because the artist, the carpenter, after he finishes smoothing out the rough edges on whatever it is he created, 
What he tends to do is he takes that sandpaper and throws it in the trash. It is of no more use. Hallelujah, God. But that thing that just got that just had the sandpaper used on it is now put out for display for the world to see. When people are rude to us, it is a sandpaper experience. So what are we supposed to do? Because we have the ultimate carpenter, the ultimate potter, which is God our Father. And we have the hands of the Holy Spirit and the water of Jesus Christ flowing through our veins as uh, Minister Dominique taught us last night. So when people are rude to us, it is actually God doing a sandpaper experience on us. And this is the beauty. This is what will help you get through it. I'm telling y'all because I'm still working on it. I've been getting sandpapered a lot over the past 30 to 60 days. But what happens is at some point, God wants to throw that sandpaper in the trash. And no, I'm not talking about the person. Thank you, Lord. I heard somebody in my spirit. They just got real excited. Mm. They're going to be done soon. And God going to get rid of them. Might not get rid of that person, but that situation is going to go away because it's not really the person that's the sandpaper. It's the situation that's the sandpaper. So what does God tell us to do when people are treating us rude? He tells us to respond with politeness. Romans chapter 12, verse 17 says, Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. What is he saying? Don't retaliate by being rude back. That will only make things worse. Fourth rule of communication is act. Don't react. God expects us to react to every situation, every individual in a manner that is compliant with his word. I'm going to say that again. God expects us to react to every situation, every individual in a manner that is in compliance to his word. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all mouth, and be you kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. He told us that we will pay rudeness, kindness, with respect, with politeness. There is no excuse for rude and disrespectful behavior in the life of a believer. We have a responsibility to represent Christ in this world. One important value that we must build our lives upon is the value of showing respect in accordance and out of obedience to the word of God. Amen, amen, and amen. And just in case you didn't know, now you know. R-E-S-P-E-C-T, you now know what it means to God. Now, for some of us, that was just a refresher course. For some of us, it was an encouragement. For some of us, it was a, a prompt for us to just do better. But somebody out there listening may not have that personal relationship with God, and they may not have it because they don't have a personal relationship through Jesus Christ. God's word tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. Some of us are rejecting him because the English pronunciation for his name is Jesus instead of Isa, which is Arabic, or Yeshua, which is Hebrew. What I'm here to tell you is, we're talking about the same person, the God-man. Some people are rejecting him because back uh, centuries ago, one of the emperors, I believe it was Constantine, I might be wrong on that one, but I believe it was Constantine, decided that he was going to repaint the pictures of Christ 
to look more like him and his son and his family line because at that time Rome was in charge of everything. And those are the pictures that we still see circulating today. Somebody was to take my picture and with today's computer technology and turn me into a white person, a plaid person, a purple person, and a picture. It does not take away for what I did in reality. What I'm trying to tell you tonight, people, is that God loves us. God loves you. And he loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son, the God-man. He took his power and wrapped it in the flesh of a woman and allowed flesh to grow around himself and come forth into this realm of existence. He lived amongst us for 33 years. The last three years was the biggest piece of his ministry. Because some people don't realize that he was ministering before he hit 30. But those last three years was the, the, the long, you know, the last stretch of his ministry. And that last stretch took his love for us all the way to the Godless Hill, to Calvary, to an old rugged cross, where he laid his life down for us on a tree. As God's word said, that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Hallelujah, God. But he didn't just die for us. He then bust hell, death, and the grave wide open three days and three nights later. He rose from the dead, the first fruit of the, resurrect, of the resurrection. He was actually the fulfillment of the feast of first fruit. Then he ascended 40 days later back unto the Father with the promise that he would return again. And some people go, oh, that was over 2,000 years ago. If he was coming back, he'd have been here by now. No, he hasn't come back, not because what he said isn't real. He hasn't come back because God so loves the world. And he would that no man would perish. He would that all men would come to repentance. And you can do it today through Jesus Christ. But Jesus said in God's word that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except by him. Just like in, in biblical Old Testament when the temple of Solomon was standing and they would go into the Holy of Holies, to get into the Holy of Holies, you had to walk through three different doors before you entered the Holy of Holies. The first door was called the way. The second door was called the truth. The third door was called the light. And then you were in the presence of the Holy of Holies or in the presence of God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. Matter of fact, I'm the door you have to walk through to get to him. And it's not hard for you to get to him. It's just accepting that gift that he gave, believing in your heart that God is who he says he is and that he did what he said he did, that he loved you so much after creating you and after our fall that he put together a plan before the foundation of the world for the salvation of mankind. And in that plan, he wrapped himself up in flesh, took on the form of man, lived his life, laid it down on the cross, rose from the grave, and ascended back unto the Father just for you and me and everyone else living. And if you can believe that in your heart today, you can say this simple prayer after me. You just say, Father God, I come to you today, this evening, saying thank you. I'm thanking you for the gift you gave me, which is your son, Jesus. I'm accepting him into my life. I'm taking him in, asking him to forgive me of my sins, asking him to begin to make me new right now in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you said that prayer, you just let somebody know. 
You just have to tell somebody. God's word says if you believe in your heart and confess it out your mouth. Tell somebody. You don't have to wait until Sunday morning worship service or Sabbath service. You don't have to wait until prayer service, Bible study, Monday meeting. You don't have to wait until none of that. That's all about a church membership. But for this personal relationship, you can just go tell somebody. If there's somebody in the house with you and you said that prayer with me, just go say, hey, I gave my life to Jesus Christ tonight. You can go let call somebody on the phone and say, hey, I accepted Jesus as my personal Savior. You can go stand outside just like I'm outside giving this word this evening. You can go outside and just say, hey, for whoever's listening, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior this evening. As soon as you make that confession out of your mouth, According to God's word, you are saved, and we welcome you to the kingdom of God. Now, of course, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing, teaching, preaching sanctuary where you can grow in the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and heal from the trials and the tribulations of this world. But until then, it's okay. That's why God has Purpose Kingdom Network here for you. Please um, stay tuned in. We're going to bring on our very own brother, Robert Pop Pop Hudson, the man with the plan, and he's going to tell you who's going to be coming on tomorrow, how you can follow us, how you can contact us, how you can allow God to bless you through us, and then I will be back in to close us out. Brother Rob? Amen, amen. And let me just uh, thank you for tonight's uh, show because you have gave us a history lesson that um, actually where what you said earlier where you said that there was an emperor or it was a Caesar, actually you're right in both parts. It was the uh, Caesar Augustus that wanted himself painted into Jesus' image, and it also was the uh, emperor Constantine that wanted himself also painted in Jesus' images. So if you see this short-haired Jesus, uh, that is Augustus, and if you see the longer here, Jesus, that is Constantine. So, yes, um, both a Caesar and an emperor wanted to be painted in Jesus' image and uh, and be portrayed that way, and they tried to erase all the other images of Jesus in any other form. And um, we just thank you so much for um, just joining us for for tonight's episode and this is the product of purpose cam network we thank you so much and if you want to uh email us at purpose cam network you can email us at purpose cam net at gmail.com we can see your comments questions concerns you can simply say hello or send a prayer request or just let us know you turn your life over to christ we gladly appreciate that uh and share that with our family members and our friends and we thank you so much <clears throat> anytime you want to um just hear or just listen to any of our past or previous broadcasts, you www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. We can simply type in the host name or the show name. You can hear that show in its entirety and at your convenience, and we are just glad that you're sharing this with your friends and family members where you can just experience a moment in Christ. Um, and also, uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter at Purpose underscore Kingdom where you can just simply... Uh, just share that with your friends and family members. And uh, you can like us on Facebook where you can hear or, or see our upcoming advertisements and our upcoming shows. And um, as always, you know, uh, with God's will, God's blessing, we hope you join us tomorrow, even at the 9 p.m. hour, for By Faith We Good Ministries, hosted by Minister Bernard Merrill. And once again, with God's will, God's blessing, we hope you join us tomorrow evening for By Faith. We Good Ministries at the 9 p.m. hour, hosted by Minister Bernard Merrill. We thank you so much, and we appreciate your listenership, your support. We just thank those that share with their friends and family members. We're just so happy that, uh, you know, we can extend and we can also share, you know, so much with, uh, you know, all our support we got, no matter where in the world we are. You know, we just thank that we have that that, that, that spirit of forgiveness, that the spirit of sharing where we can just continue on to uh, just, you know, pass on to one another, you know, just saving one soul at a time even more. We just thank you so much. And with that being said, we want to just turn the program back over to Pastor Toy, 
And Pastor Toy, uh, the program back is over in your hands. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Robert. That is my brother from another mother. I love him. I love his wife, Dennis, my sister from another mister. I bless God for him. I want to say um, thank you, Mary. Thank you, Shakina, for listening in and encouraging me and praying for me. Thank you, Janice, for praying with me as the word went forth. Thank you, Rob, for all that you do. We want to encourage everyone this evening. You know, in my field, the field that I work in, we use uh, two words a lot. And those two words are prompt and redirection. For some of us tonight, God gave us redirection. We have to watch what we say, and we truthfully need to watch how we say it. And for some of us tonight, God just gave us a prompt. A prompt is when you give a helping hand to help us continue in making the right choices. So for some of us tonight, it was a prompt. Whichever it was, I pray that you received it in the love of Jesus Christ. Understand that I stepped all over my toes this evening, especially with that part about showing politeness to those who are rude with you. He working with me on it, and I must say I can even see the improvement in it, but I'm going to tell you again, it's not an easy thing. But we are being prompted to do better because time is winding up. Christ ain't playing, and God is soon to return. Know that I love you with the love of Christ. Father God, I pray that your word fell on good ground this evening. Father God, I pray and and praise you for the souls through faith that we believe came to you this evening. We ask that you will bless each and every listener on this air this evening in the mighty name of Jesus. And that you will keep us safe from all hurts, harm, and dangers. We declare Psalms 91 and 10 over every household that no sickness or disease shall enter their dwelling place and no evil shall befall them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Know that I love you with the love of Christ and God bless you. Jesus bless. He raised me, I will not lose. He saved me, I will not lose. Set me free, I will not lose. Never wanna see me down, I will not lose. 